I'm Dr. Jill Weiner. I'm a white woman, a doctor, a meditation teacher, a tapping practitioner, a writer, and I'm an aspiring anti-racist, an identity which I must constantly strive towards, work on, and reevaluate. This podcast amplifies the powerful voices of women and men in all aspects of the anti-racist space, along with some of my own insights and explorations on topic ranging from healthcare to spirituality to criminal justice and beyond. In order to provide a nuanced, educational, and honest examination of systemic racism and dominant culture. Hey there, this is Jill Weiner here. I am really excited to talk today about how to hold space for one's own marginalized identity and kind of unpack that a little bit. And I'll start by sharing a story. So, as if you've been listening to the podcast, or seeing what I've been talking about on social media in the last several months, you you know that I've been on somewhat of a journey in terms of my own, <clears throat> my own, um, I, the way I identify with my Jewish religion and the way that I bring that identity into spaces with me. Um, I'll refer you back to my two episodes ago where I talked about my internalized anti-Semitism. But for the purposes here, just know that I've been working to bring my Jewish identity into anti-racism spaces in a way that is sensitive to the fact that anti-blackness is primarily the most offensive and widespread and pervasive uh, oppression that happens in our country. And that has happened since its history. And to not take space, knowing that I am a Jewish person who is white, to not take space away and to center whiteness, but also to come into spaces, also recognizing that I have sort of hidden my Jewish identity in a lot of spaces, not just anti-racism spaces, because, because of the widespread prevalence of anti-Semitism and, and, and sometimes it's very, very subtle and it's it's just a, I say it and the, the, sh- the energy of the room shifts or I can see, I can see, tell that people are having some thoughts about it. And so for a long time, I avoided talking about it. And then I realized, you know what, this is internalized stuff within me. And I, if I'm not bringing my whole self into spaces, I have the, I have the, the privilege of, of hiding if I choose to my Jewish identity. And I wanted to also honor that a lot of people don't have the ability to hide their identity and, and, and they shouldn't, first off, they shouldn't have to, but if it does feel unsafe, I, I do have the, the ability to hide my, my Jewish identity. And so I, I had a really interesting experience in an anti-racism course that I've been taking that's, that's got white people and black people and, and, and other identities as well, other racial identities but it's a course that's primarily about race. And, and there was a, a scenario that came up in one of the things where there was a, an anti-Semitic comment that was made. And it wasn't the biggest deal in the world. And we did speak up. And it, it, this was within a small group. So it wasn't even in the larger group. And we did speak up. But it was, it was like hard to speak up. I felt in my body, okay, I'm activated by this. I do want to speak up. But not because I held it against the person that said it or because what was said was that important, but because that the dynamic between anti-Semitism and racism and how those both are, are weapons used by white nationalists to 
at, like as a scapegoat, almost uh, anti-Semitism is used as a scapegoat. Um, and I did talk, also talk about this two episodes ago, but like to name the dynamics so that we can all learn from it. And and the people who were in the small group with us were actually really receptive to it. We talked about it for like 30 seconds and then we moved on to talk about the larger picture that we were discussing, which was racism. And so it ended up turning into a bigger thing because we then brought it to the attention of the moderators, like the, the facilitators of the course. And it turned into a more complicated issue and it became, um, for, for various reasons, but one of them just being like, not able to check email as regularly as one could and then not responding to things as quickly. But but it sort of became an issue um, that was bigger and much more than we ever intended it to. And it came up in the bigger group and then ended up kind of what for me felt like causing a scene and then, and then made me feel like, oh God, we've centered whiteness, even though whiteness and Judaism are not the same. It just felt really icky. And so it's, it's, it's so interesting because this nuance of bringing other identities into spaces without centering them is really important. And I think that for people who do have marginalized identities, such as perhaps you are um, identify as gay or you are trans, uh, um, you are trans or you, um, you know, there's, there's lots of identities. Maybe you're not neurotypical. Um, so that's, your brain may work differently than what is considered to be normal. Um, you're, you're able-bodied or not able-bodied. So there's a lot of different identities that can affect the way we show up in spaces. And it is possible to bring those identities in, but not take up all the space, but not, but not take, you know, uh, take all the energy out of the room about it. And the idea is you want to hold space for both. So there is room, this is a dialectic. Um, dialectic means that two things that may seem opposing can be true at the same time. So I can come into a space, I'll speak from my own experience, as a straight, cisgender, white, Jewish woman. So my identity might be, marginalized identity might be that I'm white, I'm sorry, not that I'm white, that I'm Jewish and that I'm a woman. I can, I can hold space for that in a larger context. And I can also hold space for there's a whole lived experience and history and present of anti-blackness in this country. It doesn't even begin to compare. Even though, yes, there's a Holocaust, that, that is horrible and it deserves being held, you know, space being held for it. And also anti-blackness is massive and it needs, in, in order to liberate any of us, we have to liberate all of us. So if we start with what is the most oppressed and marginalized in our country, also the um, attempted erasure of indigenous people, if we can do that, then 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 everyone is every, everyone's marginalized identities are are going to be oppressed less. Our oppression is going to end for those. So it's important to to think about this concept of holding space for both. It is not. An oppression competition. It, 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 for me to honor what my ancestors have been through as Jews and having to move from Russia and, and not be allowed to do certain things and not allowed to live in certain neighborhoods and being mistreated for being Jewish, none of that minimizes or none of it has to minimize the experience that 
gay people may experience or that black people may experience in our country. And it doesn't have to be, there's not, not even like a, a comparison. It's, it's this and this rather than this or this, or this compared to this. And I, I see this a lot also perhaps like with, um, white gay women, not a lot, but I have heard of, of, um, some friends have, have shared with me, some black friends have shared with me that they are working with white gay women who, who have experienced their own oppression for sure and may may also find it hard to hold space that black women may have experienced or black people may have experienced a different and perhaps more pervasive uh, prejudice or oppression or or racism or, or any ism so knowing that you can have your own lived experience and honor that and also honor that of other people without taking away from yours and without taking away from theirs, I think is really important. So it's this both and rather than a but or an or. It's yes, this and also this. And I think that when we are able to have all of that live and breathe in a space, in any space, it's really easy for everyone in the space to feel heard. It's easy for everyone in that easier, not easy, but it's easier for everyone to realize I've got my own stuff to work on. Now, also people who are black have other isms that they contend with. Perhaps there's homophobia or there's sexism or there's internalized stuff. I know I have internalized stuff. I've already talked about my internalized anti-Semitism. I've got internalized sexism too. So I'm going to sometimes see a, a female leader and say, oh, she's, she's uh, too aggressive or, or she's too emotional or something like that. And that's a sexist stereotype. I'm internalizing that because I'm a, I'm a woman and I've had to contend with that for so long. And it can sometimes be easier to distance myself or other myself from that to, to kind of keep myself safe, to, to think that I'm different, that I'm not going to have to be exposed to that kind of uh, judgment or oppression. So I think checking our identities, checking our internalized um, isms as well when we go into a space and understanding that there are going to be lived experiences that may be, that are, that are definitely different from yours and that don't need to be compared to yours. And that sometimes it's okay if an ex uh, you can have your marginalized experience or your, your, your trauma in your life and also honor there's other people who have way to deal with this on a way more frequent basis, um, way more violence, way more um, oppression than I experience, and that is okay. I will never know what it's like to be in a black body I will never know what it's like to contend with homophobia, to be, to be gay. I, I, I am not trans. I will never know what those are, experiences are like, nor, nor do I have any right to think that I know what they are, and nor should I. Nor is there, there's no need to. And I also know that I've had my own lived experiences as a woman, and I've had my own lived experiences as a Jewish person, and I can hold those, and I don't need to go into spaces where, where people have other identities that may have, I don't know what their lived experience has been like, but I don't, the idea is I don't want to go into these spaces and center my own experience. That's something that, 
the dominant culture or the whiteness often does is come into these spaces to come into any space particularly anti-racism spaces and say i've had oppression therefore like poor me you know i know what it's like and and to make it all about myself as a person with who's white bodied and so it's it is a delicate dance to play to uh, to to dance to do to bring my jewish identity in and being aware of what my whiteness brings into a space and how that my whiteness has caused harm um, and also yet my Jewish identity has been one that has been marginalized. It's, it's a very tricky dance and, and it's complex and there's no one right way to do it. And it's also important to, as I said, hold space for all of it, my own experiences, other experiences, and just thinking like, where, where am I in my proximity to power? If you think about power as a, as like a, a, a pizza with a bunch of different slices and all the different areas where you can have all the different identities are different slices of pizza. So there's and and there's a center of the pie and there's an outside of the pie. So the identities would be um, sexuality and gender identity and religion and uh, citizenship status and education and um, race and gender, all of these things, the closer you are towards the center of the pie, the closer you are towards power in any given identity. And the closer you are towards the, the further you are from that, from the center or closer you are towards the margins, that shows how little, little power you, power or privilege you may have in, in that, within that identity. And you can map it for all your different identities. Now, my female identity and my um, my Jewish identity are further out, but most of my other identities are further in. So when I go into a space, I'm going to be aware that most of my identities are close to power and privilege, and I'm going to hush. I'm going to speak up if something is said anti-anything other than anti-white, <laughs> but but... I'm going to speak up if there's anti-Semitism. I'm going to speak up if there's homophobia. I'm going to speak up if there's anything. And I'm also going to honor that my, because I have the power and the privilege to be able to speak up in ways that some people may not feel safe, not just for my own identities, but for others. But I'm also not going to take up the space to talk about my identity the whole time when that's not the identity in question, when that's not the, the focus of the conversation. So I hope that you found this helpful. Uh, maybe a little intriguing or um, or activating in some ways. And I'd love for you to, to share with me or to think about on your own, what identities do you have and, and where do you fall in the, the, the pizza pie of power and privilege? And, and are your identities closer to the center or are they closer to the outside? And how does that play out everywhere you go? You're bringing those identities with you everywhere. How do they... How do they inform how you show up in all sorts of spaces, personal, professional, if you're doing anti-racism work, uh, you're out in the world, how does, how do your identities show up? How can you allow your identities to have, have pride for your identities and honor them and honor your lived experience and also recognize where you are in, um, in relation to other people around you and, and the identities that they're carrying with them that may be visible or invisible. And how can you have relationship across difference with people in a way that's honoring both of you? I hope you found this 
to be helpful and um, would love to hear from you. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Conscious Anti-Racism. Please be sure to follow or like us wherever you find your podcasts and also consider leaving a rating or review. You can follow Conscious Anti-Racism on Instagram and Twitter at Jill Wiener, MD, J-I-L-L-W-E-N-E-R-M-D. And please check out our Conscious Anti-Racism book on Amazon.